Welcome to the Authors of Life podcast, the space for people with a story to inspire. Your host, Katie Rushton, is a fun-loving English country bumpkin who believes in strong family principles, intentional living, values, and hard work. Katie created Authors of Life with the idea to inspire people to develop their own script, write their story, and take center stage in life. Jennifer Wetton was raised in northern New Mexico. Her first job was as a DJ for a radio station at the age of just 16. Shortly after marrying her amazing husband, they moved to Arizona and raised six incredibly inspiring children. Jennifer completed her degree in marriage and family studies in April 2020. She now resides in central Florida with her husband and twin boys. Jen is referred to as the life of the party by many, including her family. One of my favorite fun facts about Jen is she once held an all-human rodeo complete with bull riding at a family reunion. July 2020 marks a special birthday for Jen and it is my pleasure to celebrate and mark the occasion with this interview. I first had the opportunity to meet Jen while she was in her senior year at Brigham Young University, Idaho, and we sparked a lovely relationship almost instantly. Welcome, Jen. I am so excited to have you with me today. I would love for you to start and share with me, with our audience, what you think makes you the author of your life. Well, well, Katie, first, I just want to say thank you. I'm really honored that you invited me to be a part of this. I have definitely looked up to you and admired what you've done in creating your story. And so, um, so thank you. Okay, so what makes me the author of my life? You know, I think probably the biggest thing that makes me the author of my life is the knowledge that I am a child of God. And he's given me this opportunity to come to earth and to gain experience and the experiences that I gain. Yes, he has a hand in them, but he wants to know what I, what I want to accomplish in this life. And he's given me dreams and goals and, and ambition and passion and opportunities. It's those opportunities that give me the opportunity to grow and, and to write my story. It's beautiful. So your strength is anchored in knowing that you are a child of God. I'm inspired by the things that you've gone through in life, some of the things that you've shared with me in private conversations. And I know that there are people in the world that need to hear your story. And so please, whatever you feel comfortable with, share what is on your heart that you feel God wants you to share with other people. Well, uh, how much time did you say we have? <laughs> Just under 30 minutes. <laughs> okay, well then we'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it short. I think probably, you know, I, my parents were divorced when I was younger. And I know that that shaped me into who I am today. Partly because I've always believed that families were forever and that families are forever. And so when my parents got divorced, I was kind of shaken by that. But yet at the same time, because I was so young, I still had that childlike faith that God had it in his hands and it was going to be okay. And somehow, some way, my family would be forever. I don't know what that looks like, 
but I know he does. And I know that I'll be okay with his plan. And so that kind of set that for me, but I always wanted to, to have that for myself and for my children. And so uh, when I got married, uh, that's one of the things that I told my husband is divorce is not an option. So don't do anything <laughs> that makes it be an option because it's not an option. We've just celebrated our 30th anniversary. Wow. That was kind of exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So divorce has not been an option. I won't say it's never been a consideration. <laughs> of course, marriage is hard. And there have been times when when you just kind of wonder if, if maybe you should call it quits. But really, when it comes down to it, and I've involved the Lord in those questions and in those times when my heart has been so troubled, I continue to get the answer that I'm right where I need to be. That is a beautiful mindset to have, especially in today's world. And I, if I may share a personal story that goes along with that very quickly, I remember being in the bathroom one day and I was thinking about my relationship with Fred and it wasn't necessarily that we were on the brink of divorce or anything, but we went through a hard couple of years in the beginning of our marriage and I was left wondering, pondering, and like you just deciding with the Lord, asking those hard questions and the Lord whispered into my ear and he said, you don't know what's around the corner, but I do. If you walk away, you'll never see who he becomes. And I wanted to see who he becomes. And I wanted to see who I become and who we become together. That was so profound for me. And I think it's thrown around too easy sometimes that, you know, we can have these trial experiences and then move on and, and know that's not what God intended and we need to be dedicated because marriage was never meant to be easy and it, it isn't. And there's something beautiful beyond it if we can get through the hard times. I, I heard a therapist just yesterday talking about how he was working with a couple who wanted the spouses had been unfaithful. And he said, you know, if you can get through this in his experience of his clinical work, he has seen over the last 20 years that those couples become stronger because they recognize how fragile a marriage can be and how important it is to be intentional within your marriage. And I thought that that was such a beautiful thing that is, is missing in today's age. For sure. And I certainly don't want to miss those people who, who feel like divorce is the answer. Oh, of course. And, you know, when they go through that, because... I've watched my mom and I've seen her heartbreak and, and I understand that. Um, but like you, I definitely, I want to give everything I can. And the only way that divorce would ever be an option is, is if I've given it a hundred percent and felt like I had the Lord's blessing and saying, you've done all you can do. I do acknowledge that. And I am right with you. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we have to put on our work gloves and yes. <laughs> And start digging deep within our own souls to get to those answers. So, mm -hmm. so um, but, you know, probably one of the most difficult things that's also been one of the most beautiful experiences that I've had. I have a child who experiences at times pretty severe mental illness. And there was a particular time in our lives when this child was experiencing a very dark phase. And I was extremely concerned for this child and just wondered, you know, will they will they be okay? And and I was extremely anxious and 
I found that walking was probably a, a very therapeutic activity for me to get through those anxious moments. And I had a really good friend who, who noticed that I wasn't quite myself. She came to me and she said, I don't need to know what's going on. I don't, I don't need any details, but I'm here for you. What can I do? And I said, I just need to walk. Will you walk with me? And so we began to walk and I didn't tell her every detail but I did confide in her somewhat. And at one point on a particularly anxious day for me, I said to her, I just want to know, I just want to know that everything's going to be okay. It's like, it's like I'm writing a book and I have the beginning chapter. I don't need to know the next chapter. I just want to read the final chapter. And I just want to know that everything's going to be okay with this child and that everything's going to be okay with my life. I can still picture where I was standing, even though we've since moved from that area. I can, I can picture that moment. And I, all of a sudden just felt myself stop walking. I heard this voice come into my mind and very clearly say the scripture that's found in John 16, 33. And it says, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And it was like I was being told, you know the final chapter. You know the end. Everything's going to be wonderful because Jesus Christ has overcome all of this. And you get to write these next chapters. What you write is going to fill the book. You get to be the author of your life. That's beautiful. It, it was a very surreal moment for me because I, I cannot deny that I cannot deny the voice that I heard that day. And it was a very big, it was a wake up call for me to say, hey, you can do this and you're in charge. What do you want? What do you want this to look like? And it wasn't that I could just snap my fingers and have this child not suffer from mental illness anymore. And and have this child's life be all happiness and joy because, you know, as it says, we will have tribulation and this is this child's tribulation. And I am honored to be able to bear his burden with him. I'm pausing just to allow the moment for emotion right now. And I imagine it's still, you know, still part of your life. It will always be part of your life and, and part of your story. It doesn't define your story but it's a part of your journey and what you've experienced here within your family. And to watch you experience this deep level of emotion. And I know what words come into my mind, but what emotion would you say summarizes this whole experience? Probably heartfelt gratitude, honestly, because this is something that I wouldn't wish on, on any, any parent or anybody, you know, but I, I would never want a parent to experience that level of, of anxiousness and worry and concern for their child. There have been times when I've gone to bed wondering, will this child be alive tomorrow? And yet I have had so many deep and beautiful conversations and just so many beautiful moments that I know, I know that God allowed me to be the mother of this child because I know that God knows that I will fight toe-to-toe -to -toe with Satan at any given moment, and I will not give up easily. I will fight with him until my dying days to help this child overcome this tribulation. Sounds like you're a definite fighter, and that is, <laughs> that is a beautiful trait, God-given gift that you have for your family and something that I, I see very strong. <laughs> Sounds like Star Wars. The force is strong with you. I see very strongly within you. <laughs> May and the so, with you. <laughs> I had a question around, you said that 
you wouldn't want to wish this upon another mother and another person to go through this. Yet we know there are many that do. And I would love for you to share ways that you were able to ground yourself in such a way that you could get to where you are now that will offer hope to them. And yeah, that's definitely true. There are many parents that go through this. I think probably one of the things that was that was beautiful and frustrating for me as I went through this whole experience is almost every time I prayed, and I'm not joking, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but during the specific times, I was on my knees quite a bit. And almost every time I prayed, I would hear, be still and know that I am God. And I would get that answer so much and it would just be stunning to the point where, where there was one point that I actually retorted, okay, but what do you want me to do while I'm being still? (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that's kind of how we are. We want to be doing something, especially when we're feeling that concern. We want to fix it. We want to make it right. But I think the biggest thing in being still and knowing that he is God is remembering that there are some things that I as a mother, I as a woman, I as, as a human being do not have the power to fix. But there is one who has that power. And when we turn to him and when we allow him to use that power, that's when we see these miracles. And that's when we have those beautiful moments. So really, I think that as frustrating as it was to hear over and over, be still and know that I am God, that was the pinnacle of me being able to rise above that situation. I think the second thing is just to love, just to pour love into your children and just to help them know that no matter what they do, no matter what they've done, you still love them. It doesn't mean you've loved, you love what they've done. It doesn't mean you love what they're going through. It doesn't mean you don't want to fix it or take it away, but you love that child no matter what. And then I think the third thing would probably be for those, I was going to say for those who are married, but even for those who, who are not with the child's father or, or mother, but to still work together, no matter what that relationship is like, to come together for the sake of that child, especially if you're still married, that's really, really important because they need to know that you're one. But I think even if you're not married, they still need to know that the two of you can be one in working with them and helping them heal. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. And I, I know that we all have access to different tools. We all have access to different people even. And even if there's just one person that we can create that strength with to help along the way and be there for that particular child, or even if it's not your own child, maybe it's it's somebody in the family and you don't know how to to help the immediate person that's going through this for the other person to know that you're there for them. It's like at the beginning with your friend who said, I don't need to know what's going on but just know that I'm here for you and I will go and do what you need me to do. And that's describing being empathic. And Brene Brown talks about this where she says, you know, you don't have to have the answers to fix it. You don't even need to know what to say necessarily. Just by saying, I don't have the words, but I'm so thankful you told me, or I'm here for you and you don't have to say anything. 
to be in that person's space together and just let be what is, that is enough to help somebody. And sometimes that's all we need, right? Someone to listen with no words, no judgment, just being close to somebody, being in their space and honoring what is happening, even when it is difficult. And that's hard for, for us to do sometimes. Well, just as you were talking, it made me realize how valuable that friend was to me in that time. And I, so that would probably be the one other thing that I would suggest is to find somebody because sometimes, if, I don't know, I don't know what it's like to be a man, but for a woman, sometimes you just need another woman to talk to and, and just to share with. And um, Tim Thane is, he wrote the book, Not By Chance. And he is a therapist who helps troubled teens and their families. And he talks about having a home team. And so having people in your community that your child can turn to when they don't want to talk to you, they can go talk to this other person that you feel is a trusted adult. And that team should consist of, of several people, not just one. Mm -hmm. But it's somebody for your child. It's somebody for you. And it just makes it to where you know this small group of people can be in the know of what's going on and we can trust them that they'll keep it confidential and that they'll help us. So it's another thought there. Yeah, I'll have to look that book up. I haven't heard of that one before. So the final thing that I wanted to ask is during this time, this time period that you went through and and even beyond that, because I, I know that there's been other experiences that have been trials. And I, I know that really in reality in life, we are always going to be going through something. And so this can account for life, <laughs> not just that moment. But what would you say you did for yourself to look after yourself? Because you've mentioned everything that you did for your family. And so one of my favorite quotes is, you can't pour from an empty cup. And so how did you make sure that you filled your cup to allow you to be there to support your family? Well, that's a really good question because at the time I was a student working, still being a mom and going through this, there was a lot going on in my life at that time. So there are two things that I can think of off the top of my head that I did. And because I really trust God and that he has a lot of compassion for us when we go through these hard times. But I decided that I was going to read several pages of the scriptures every day. And I read the Book of Mormon four times that year because I just, I needed that spiritual uplifting from on high. I needed divine power and I knew it. That was the big thing. But the second thing is just going on those walks. And I don't know that we missed a day other than Sunday most weeks. And we were religious about going on those walks and making sure that, that I could walk out those frustrations and pump out that anxiety so that when I got back home, I could be present for the rest of my family. I'm curious how you did that. How did you develop the discipline to be able to do that because I, I know from personal experience and with those that I interact with that a lot of guilt comes around putting yourself first and that's hard it's hard to have that perspective shift and so how did you become so disciplined in knowing that you needed that to help get through the situation 
Well, that's a really good question because I do. I have felt that guilt myself of this is selfish if I take this time for me. But I think at that particular time, especially, I I could feel the energies inside of me that they if I didn't do something to release the negativity, it was going to overcome my life. And so, like I said, there's a lot of prayer going on. I believe that God gave me the strength and the the energy to say, okay, I need to go for a walk. And even at times when my friend wasn't available, I still just had to go. I knew that I had to get out there. I had to walk. And as far as the scriptures go, I developed that determination and ability because I would get up in the morning and I would read just a little bit. But then when my family was home and they would turn on the TV or they would grab a video game or a book themselves, I would sneak off into my little office. They were already entertained. They didn't need me in that moment. So I just had to take advantage of those little moments. There was one point in one of the semesters where I was overwhelmed with school and not really sure how I was going to fit it in. And so what I did is every time I sat down to do an assignment, I would tell myself, I've got to read for three minutes. Before I do this assignment, I'm going to read for three minutes, read the scriptures for three minutes. And so I'd read for three minutes and then I'd dive into my assignment. And then I'd go be a mom for a little bit and I'd come back to do my assignment, read for three minutes, dive into the assignment. So sometimes you have to break it up into manageable chunks. Okay. (laughs) I love that. I'm, I'm already starting to think of things that I can change in my life that will help me manage the tasks that I have to do just by using that principle. And it goes back to something that you mentioned in the middle of our conversation. And that's about choice. You chose to do it and you kept that promise to yourself that you would do it. And I imagine you saw many benefits from doing those two things. This is a wonderful place for us to end our conversation and for me to say thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing with us today uh, just a piece of what you've gone through in your life and how you were able to manage that difficult situation, but also the level and depth of gratitude you have for your family, for God, for the knowledge you have and for the hard things that you have gone through. Because ultimately, it's those hard things that help us connect with other people and it's what helps us become who we are today. And so I really appreciate this. And I'm excited to have you come back on and share another <laughs> part of your life and, and some of the things that you did to navigate that part of your journey. Any final words that you want to say to anyone listening right now that may be having a hard time? There's one thing that I want to say. Keep believing that there is something better in store. Did you know that Jen is also a life coach? If you relate to her experiences and are interested in working with her, we would love to help you connect. To join the Authors of Life coaching program or work with Katie one-on-one, you can reach us by email at hello at authorsoflifeco.com.